Welcome to the Conscious Conversations podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Nick Paladino King. And I'm Nitin Gerg. We are transformational coaches and yogis from the San Francisco Bay Area. And this is a podcast for people looking to take their lives to the next level. Through these conversations, we aim to raise the consciousness of our lives, the lives of our listeners, and the wholeness. So get ready to join us on this great adventure of life by taking a moment to settle in, become fully present in this moment, and see where the journey takes you next. Hey, get ready for a great conversation today with Coach Gary Mailer. Gary teaches us how we can create ourselves daily through being in the space of presence, awareness, and self-love. He dives deep into how the power of being can help us define and create the worlds we want rather than always trying to be in a state of doing. I think you're really going to love this episode. So sit in, get ready to listen, and be present with whatever comes up. All right, everybody, welcome in to Conscious Conversations with Nick and Nathan. We've got Gary Mailer with us today, personal coach extraordinaire. Gary, how's it going? It's going super. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm already filled, just filled, filled to the brim with spirit, with just your presence. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, Gary, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself, tell our listeners kind of who you are, what you do, and then uh, maybe some insights that they can use to listen deeper to the conversation today? I'm Gary. Basically, that's it. There's not much more to add than that. It's um, my parents called me Gary, but who I really am and who I create myself every day is infinite stillness, born of ease and flow. I am pure connection to the all-powerful, and I create what it wants. I'm generous and warm-hearted. I inhabit a life of freedom playfully and patiently. I am love and coming from love. I am forgiveness and understanding. So I could tell you a lot of other stuff about me, but that's who I create myself to be in any situation, every situation, no matter what happens inside of me or outside of me. I am able to remain unmoved and worry-free and nothing stirs or shakes me, even in those moments that I feel shaken and stirred. So I could tell you a bunch of other jazz, but man, this is way more exciting for me because if I live that every day, every moment, it makes my wife happy, my kids happy, anyone I meet happy. And everything else that I do, such as my work, all it is is a form of creation through listening of what wants to emerge. That's mm -hmm. all that's left. There's so many you know, leaders out there that would love to be able to repeat, you know, exactly what you said, or at least an essence of it, you know, as they walk into work every day, and they've got the million priorities weighing down on them. I know we were just talking about this just prior to the show. Hey, you know, Gary, how do you, how do you get into that mode of stillness? How do you bring this like sense of ease into your life? You know, is there a nugget around anything you would share as a as someone trying to ease into that, I know you even mentioned breath and we know personally that can be huge. So I'm curious if there's a, if there's a way you bring yourself into that um, sense of being who's at mm -hmm. ease. I create that 
daily first thing when I wake up and before I go to sleep. And the words that I spoke earlier were co-created with my coach who's down in Phoenix. And the first two months plus of our work was solely around self-forgiveness work for all of the judgments that I had held against myself. So in the creation of those words in myself, they would not be possible without an intense coming to forgiveness of all the judgments I've had about myself. So everything in the words that I shared with you, there used to be a shadow side that I believed true about me. When things were good, I could be kind of that. But when things were bad, the real essence of what I believed about myself would come out. So for me, unless that work is done, there'll be nice affirmations in the work a lot of the time, but I've really gone down to the depths and forgiven myself for every judgment against myself for feeling that I was rejected or feeling that I was not worthy or feeling that I couldn't get what I wanted. And in the turning around of after creating a space that those things no, have, no longer held any space within my heart. These words that I shared with you, they materialized. They came from somewhere outside of me. So it was really a very short period that that had me be able to create myself daily in the speaking of those things, because in the speaking of those things, they become real. It's like love, it becomes real when you speak it and act it. Commitment, same thing. So that is how I do it. The other thing that I would say is that I've been on a spiritual journey, just learning about mindfulness, meditation, following the breath, doing um, retreats with John Kabat-Zinn for mindfulness-based stress reduction for health practitioners, I thought that would be a good thing before I began my journey as a personal coach. Those things have been so important. All the times just sitting in stillness, sitting with this body, sitting with the breath, sitting with this mind, over time has allowed me to really surrender to what's going on in here mm -hmm. and pay attention to what's going on in here. So those things coupled together, I really believe have allowed me to really inhabit a life of ease and flow. Hmm. I love that. I mean, Nitin and I are both yogis. So you're, you're speaking our language. This is, <laughs> this is what we believe is, you know, like your internal reflects your external or creates your external. You've said something a couple of times that you create yourself. Um, and something that we've been talking about for the last month or so on the show is, moving is moving to be the creator of our lives rather than the victim. Um, but I haven't heard someone say it in the language that you're using as is like, I create myself or I create my day. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I'm really curious for you what that what that means when you're using that language of I create myself daily that really stood out in um, some of the things we, that you sent us earlier. So what I do is when I wake up before I even get out of bed, I will spend time with my document, that's what I call it, my personal internal commitment statement. And I won't just recite it wrote, I'll say it from memory, but inhabit every line. And in that, it reminds me 
of what's important to myself and who I really am. And it sets the tone for the day. So in the stillness, I will do that. I might pick up one line or say the whole thing. There's a part where I, I love my wife, Kinchan, my son, Cohen, my daughter, Kona, with all my might, and I lay my life down for them. And if I forget that, I just come back to doing my job and I say, all I got to do is do my job and love my wife, son, and daughter with all my might. So right there, I just created myself mm. to remind myself of what's important to me. So in the day, if there comes a time when my wife's a bit annoying and my kids are doing something I don't like, I've already created within myself the idea that my job is to lay my life down for them. So if annoyance comes in, I can pay attention to that and step into who I am. The other thing that I do is I just spend time in stillness and I listen. I, I don't listen with a question. I don't listen with anything other than an undercurrent of idea of who would you have me be? This is talking to God, spirit, source, my higher self. Who would you have me be today so that whatever wants to emerge, how could I be of service to what wants to emerge today? And those are the two things I do. And I don't just do them in the morning or before bed. I, I do them constantly. There's always something where the, it just comes back to who would you have me be? Who am I being? Where am I not being forgiving with myself? Where is something getting in the way of my connection with my source? Mm. And it begins in the morning. And then from there, I'll see what my calendar has. I never really remember, but if I've got clients, I'll create my session with them before it even begins. I'll create whatever is occurring. So I created today, spending time in stillness. I didn't know what was going to happen or what I just prepared myself for in this time. How can I be the most powerful being to share what's been given to me that it might be of service to someone else? So that would be a prime example of how yeah. I've created. Yeah. Um, thanks. I mean, what I'm, I don't know if you would use these words, but to me, I'm almost hearing like you're setting an internal compass or there's a lighthouse that you know that you are heading towards for throughout the day. Yes. And the importance of that, and this is what I find in my practice is when I know what I'm heading towards, one, it gives me clear direction, but two, when I stop going in that direction and I veer off and I mean, I'm human. I do. You do. We all do. It's like, oh, I'm no longer going towards the course that I plotted for the day. Now I have something to return to instead of I kind of woke up and, you know, wherever the world's going to take me today, that's today. That's where I'm going to go. It's sounding to me like you're talking about setting a compass. That's really helping you navigate how you are in the world and reminding you how to show up in the world and reminding you how you want to be. Is that, is that it's resonating? beautiful? It's totally resonating. And in addition to that, I create who I am, which actually then my being emanates everything that you just said. So my being is emanating what you just said. So mm -hmm. it's even for me beyond the compass. And for me, what it allows is this beautiful synergy of, I really don't know. I don't really even have a direction, to be honest. It's like, sure. I don't know. There's so much I don't know. However, who I'm being in this moment in relation to what I am presented with and what I create with that is everything. So it just has, it, I just find it so simple for me. It's so simple to just 
live within that essence that's created. And then I, I just follow. It, there, there's something leading me. I've got this theory and I can't prove it. But the more that I am connected with my source, what it wants and what I want merge. Mm -hmm. I share this with my clients so that I don't have too many worries in the world about things occurring. All I know is if it wants and what I want is together, my being can help service towards things occurring. And people might call them miracles. They, they just occur in my life. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a power in stillness where sometimes that, that clarity comes and it's, you know, um, we talk about the term, we've talked about the term source on our episodes a lot of times. And, you know, I know some of the audience still struggles, struggles with that word and like, what does it mean? And, but, you know, we're, we're typically just so busy running around from one thing to the next thing to the next thing that, you know, we forget to make time for just being with ourselves, uh, you know, and, and that's sort of where that stillness has a chance to occur, where some of that mental space, we call it mental space, mindfulness has a chance to occur. And that, and then you can start to create a little bit of that clarity. I, I loved, I really loved this sentence. I, you know, as I was reading about you, Gary, um, you said on your site, life doesn't give you what you want. It gives you who you are being. And as you were talking about, you know, how you create yourself into who you need to be today, you go even a step further and you say, hey, who do I need to be today in order to be effective, in order to serve the purpose that I'm meant for? Can you explain just that concept around um, so many people think, you know, life is just happening to me. I'm just a victim. I'm just a subject of all these external circumstances that are occurring nonstop around me to going to a place which is life is giving you who you are being. Well, in terms of cause and effect, who we're being emanates out into the world. So if we are salty, we get salty back. If we are loving, we get love back. That's that I think most people, we don't have to get too deep mm -hmm. for that. It, it's even beyond karma. It's if I'm loving and I'm kind and I'm patient, what I'm receiving back is that. So that's the first part for me. It's like, if I take the time to be present with people non-judgmentally, what people will be returning to me is that. So that's the first thing. It's it, it allows me to take full responsibility. And how I am with people is really based on how I see the world. If I see the world as rushed or I need to force my way on people, that's what people will be receiving. And if they feel pressed, they will press back. If they feel pushed, they will push back. So this is the importance for me in terms of creation from surrender and acceptance and allowance to all things is this is here. So what? Now what? That's the key point. So right now I'm waiting for a visa, a spousal visa to enter into Japan. It should have been here last week. It's not here. Surrender and acceptance and allowances. 
after this, I might go to the mailbox. It might be here. It might not. It might be here tomorrow. It might not. It might be here the next day. The moment it arrives, the next day, I have to go to the Japanese consulate between 9.30 and 11.30 to drop it off, and it needs minimum three days to get here. I was supposed to leave for Japan last week. I changed my flight. I went to find a different flight because I just did not know what would happen. And I didn't like that feeling. So what I created was a different date. And everyone I talked to was an award ticket on American. They were all helpful. For me. We're sorry, Mr. Mailer, for making you wait so long. That's not a problem. Thank you. I hope you can help me. You can see in that way of being, those guys were there with me, helping me, doing the maximum. And I could have chose to be worried or upset. I could choose to be worried and upset right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm choosing to create, when it comes, we'll know, and then I'll do. And let's say if it doesn't come till Monday, I'll call up the embassy and say, can you guys have it by Wednesday? I need it by Wednesday. If they say no, I guess I go back to the drawing board and I go later and I'll change the plans. It stems from a session I had with my coach where I had done a bunch of travel arrangements and then he told me, uh, I, I'm not gonna be here for this date. And I was really upset. We spent two hours working on this and we created something. It ain't anything, it ain't nothing until you call it. And it really helped me to see nothing out there exists unless I call it something. Mm. So if I call it a problem I make, I get a problem. But we're talking about ultimate creator, ultimate falling in love with all of my creations. Long-winded, I hope that kind of made some sense. I love that piece, falling in love with all of my creations. That's that's perfect. There's a and when we I noticed when we jumped on today, you use the word perfect. Like, oh hey, it's all perfect. And that's that's actually something that we say a lot. Um, and whenever I hear that, my ears kind of perk up. You talked about non-judgment, love, perfection. Um, I'd be interested to go deeper into that that topic, yeah. especially as three men it. sitting, especially as three men sitting in a room. Of, I'm even thinking, you know, we're having this conversation today because you couldn't go to Japan, and yeah. then there there is some perfect, there's the perfection in that. Um, I'd love to hear hear your guys' insights or thoughts or beliefs around everything being perfect. Um, and you may not agree with that statement either, but I'd really be interested to know what do you think of when, when someone says, yeah, it's all perfect. Can I make a distinction? Please. Uh, it, instead of saying perfect, it, it is what it is. And it perfectly is what it is. Mm. It, it's perfect right now, whatever time it is, that's perfect. Cause that's what it is. So for me, perfection, isn't something to be attained. Perfection is falling in love with what is so fully, all of my creations so fully, even the not so flattering ones that I don't hate myself, but I love myself through those. Then I have a shot of loving people, how they show up, blessing people, how they show up. And this is where I believe very powerful creation can occur beyond my needing to force something. So when I say it's perfect, it's perfect to be here. If we couldn't be here, that would be perfect too. Not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in every moment, 
it is what it is. Um, and I guess, you know, when we do say the word perfect, sometimes that's assumed to be, well, it's got to be like that, that perfect flavor of excitement, joy, happiness, you know, that perfect beginning to a vacation, you know, whatever perfect means to each person versus, yeah, I love the distinction of, you know, it is what it is. And then you choose how you want to be with that moment. Um, if we could live that way, it doesn't matter what occurs. It'll be perfect because I sit within surrender to it. And within that, there always comes a wisdom in how to respond. The problem is, is like you were saying earlier, is that people have no time for any response. They're living out loops. So all they're doing is living a life of reactivity. Mm -hmm. And in that, they get the same results over and over through their being a certain way, how they are with their wife, how they are with their children. No wonder the children aren't respectful. No wonder the wife isn't happy with them. This is really where I said, and this came from my coach, life doesn't give you what you want. It gives you who you're being. And if you change who you're being, you'd be amazed to see what occurs and how much you can be at ease with all of life. And then things in fact do flow. And if they don't, that's what's here. That's perfect. And I will go do what's next. So there's a very light touch that I kind of have with things. And it's not like I'm not doing anything. The moment I'm told to do something, I act. Mm -hmm. And it's not effort. It's just very natural. And this allows for this beautiful way of being with the world, co-creating with the world, and having the world taste your version of creation or how you see things. Yeah, and there's, I love that lightness piece. Mm. And I think sometimes, you know, I've been here, a lot of the, the clients I work with, they, they when, when, we, when we talk about being, you know, rather than doing, then this picture can pop in of, well, then how am I going to be successful? You know, if I'm going to sit around and spend an hour in the morning meditating, that's time that I'm not spending or using to go out in the world and, you know, be successful at my job to make money. And it's like, those don't have to live in separate realities. And I think that that's a message I would love to see out there more in the world is that you can be deeply connected to yourself, present, calm, loving, and you can also be a doer and out in the world creating things and live a life of success and abundance and joy. And, and there's one thing that I, I noticed when in, in your website, it was something around that people can't be fixed. I think you said, or maybe that was in the email you sent us. And in the way I look at it with, with everyone and anything is that everyone's perfect. They've just forgotten. Yes. And either we're all broken and no one can fix anyone or we're all perfect and it's our job to help each other remember that through reflection and being. And I think that's something we can do so powerfully as coaches is sit with people and say, hey, you're perfect. You've just forgotten. Yes. You don't have to do anything to prove yourself. You don't have to do anything to be of value to this world. You being here is a miracle. You being in matter means that you matter. Yes. And if we can remind ourselves of that, that we're here in matter, mm -hmm. therefore we're important. 
and remember yes. that there is a perfection unfolding. I think we can really blend this combination of, of being and doing, you know, really talking about non-form and form coming down into one experience that's integrated and whole and complete. And that's the world I want to create. That's how I want to be. Um, and I find kind of your point, Gary, when I am that, and I walk through the world and the world seems to reflect that both people, all people, places and things. And then it's like, wow, changing the world's not that hard. It's about changing my internal belief system and, and approach to myself. And as a result, the world around me begins to, to live in that as well. And well, that's kind of cool. And wow, look how powerful we are. And we can all do that. None of us are special. None of us have superpowers here. And I would love that message to be out there more and more and more that how you are in the world creates the world around you. And it sounds like you are, you are living that. You're not just saying that. For, for me, it's like this. When I take time in stillness, the actions or what I do is really infused with power and the efficiency. I'm able to do far more in less time than mm -hmm. most people. I don't fight with myself about this or trying to rearrange the decks of the chairs, the deck chairs of the Titanic. I don't try and control. And in relinquishing control, I have so much power available to me that something that I do will take far less time. Something that I say will be heard that might not be heard if I'm being a different way. So my work with my clients is, yes, you are perfect. Let's cleanse the opaqueness of that. Mm -hmm. And let's slow down. Let's slow down all these things that you're doing, which are probably, well, actually causing more of a problem, stirring up things. Let's slow that down. Let's take the time to see what action is appropriate. And always what happens is, appropriate action coupled with impeccable being results are stellar. Mm -hmm. I see it all of the time, all of the time. You know, I almost sense a, a listener question at this point going, what do you guys mean I'm perfect? But then you're telling me I've got to erase this opaqueness. Mm -hmm. uh, That's perfect too. So can we, I would love to dive in actually a little bit more into that. So people, you know, I think as coaches, we, we fully embody it and actually be able to explain it to the listeners as well. You know, a lot of the urban mystics, like we said that, you know, are looking to lean in this direction, but do see their imperfections. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as a coach, I see my own imperfections, uh, whether that's my behavior at home or at work, you know, and I'm finding those like, oh, I didn't quite show up the way I should have or could have to be more effective. That's something I want to, you know, improve for the next time. How, you know, is it important to remember this concept of I am perfect in that sort of journey of self-growth and always trying to be a better version of yourself every day? Well, I'm curious I mean, how that helps connect and what how it really adds like a core value. Well, the thing is, is that we're human. There's a human aspect. So within that, we won't be perfect. We will not, we will miss the mark. That's what it means when you sin. We'll miss the mark all the time. The problem is, is that our guilt and shame 
cuts us down. And then that blocks us from our divinity. So to me, if I am impeccable with my word, if I say something, if I keep my word, if I live a life of integrity, if I am out of integrity and I come to my wife and say, I'm out of integrity, I apologize. What would make it up to you to make me whole with you? I, I don't need a lot of time to be worried about striving to be perfect. All I got to mm -hmm. do is speak my word, honor my word, and keeping my word is not the same as honoring my word. We can't always keep our word. We're human beings. However, if we honor our word, come from that place, there is a level of my word is everything. Hence, when I speak my document, that is everything. I don't cry over spilt milk if I get a little bit hairy or freaked out about something. I slow down, forgive myself for the judgment around it. And if there's something that needs to be fixed, I fix it. And within that, I'm perfect in my imperfections. So when I say I love all my creations, mm -hmm. I love when I'm tired. I love when I'm irritable. I love when I'm any of these things, but they don't hold sway over me, not for long. And I can come back into this. So awareness, the breath coming back to this, always paying attention and creating myself and creating the day before it occurs has me being able to be in love with because I declare it mm -hmm. all of my imperfections so I'm perfectly imperfect as a human that is allowing divinity to flow through me yeah. and being loving so I just keep creating this over and over yeah yeah, yeah perfectly there's... imperfect as a human I... and there's like there's that. so much wisdom in there there's so much so much wisdom in there and this is this is when we're talking about non-judgment. Non-judgment is understanding the perfection of the wholeness of there is no good, there is no bad. So anything that I create is exactly what I am supposed to be creating in that moment, or else I would not create it. And and then this is where I think we can get to that the deeper question there of, well, you know, why was I an asshole to my wife? Well, because that's exactly how I needed to show up in the moment so that I can learn and grow and get feedback and go, wow, you know what? I'm pretty good at staying neutral. I'm pretty good at staying non-judgmental when I'm in a flow. I'm pretty good at staying non-judgmental when I'm making money and I got clients calling, but you know what? When I don't have that or when I don't feel abundant, man, there's my shadow, it's coming. So it's like, oh, okay. So I created this perfect moment so I could learn and grow to Gary's point, if I'm paying attention. And I, and I don't think being perfect is about getting better. I think it's about loving ourselves for exactly who we are in this moment. And then we can look at ourselves and say, okay, here's some things that I like about my personality. Here's some things I, I like about who I am. And here's some things I want to change. That doesn't have to be these things about me are less than. They can be, this is exactly who I am in the moment, but I see a different vision of myself. And now I'm going to go create that from conscious choice. And wow, now I'm in a state of empowerment because I'm not coming from a place of less than, I'm coming from a place of self-love, self-acceptance, not judgment. And, and I, wanna, I wanna make the point that the three of us can sit here and talk about this very 
easily and fluidly because we've dedicated our lives to this topic. So I want to make sure that we're not coming across as flippant. Like this is, I've been practicing this 15 years, Gary, maybe even maybe longer. And it's like, oh, and then when you get this at a, a belief system level, a cellular level, then you can go, oh yeah, this is perfect. I understand why I made this decision because I'm here to learn and grow. Okay, thanks source. Thanks spirit for giving me the opportunity to see where I have the opportunity, not the problem to change and be different. And okay, wow, I can get behind that. Some of my worst quote unquote worst moments have been my best. They have made me who I am today. And then I think, well, if I go back and I judge myself from making a decision at 25, then what I'm saying is I don't fully love myself in this present moment because that decision 15 years ago created this version of Nick. And then I go, wow, thanks 25 year old Nick for being willing to make those decisions that 40 year old Nick with the business and a wife isn't willing to make. Wow. You, thank you. That was awesome. Whoa. Growth. And then I, I can feel it in my body. Now I'm in yes. a moment of self-love in this moment, rather than judgment, shame, blame, and guilt. And then, wow. Hmm. I noticed that it's easier to keep that and move forward. So great question. Nathan. I mean, this is, I can just feel that energy running through me as I got into a moment of self-love and non-judgment. And I mm -hmm. feel my entire system is online and filled with source. Wow. Yeah. And I as I'm, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, as I'm, as I'm sort of reflecting on that question and where, you know, that, the level of clarity that I was trying to distill from this conversation, you know, what's sort of coming across to me is, you know, there's a level of acceptance of self acceptance of the situations acceptance of others around us you know you can take that up to the level of love for self love for others love for the situation around us but at the least starting with like a level of acceptance so that you can be present and you can then make those present moment decisions that will serve you and whatever you choose to do right based on whatever we are meant to learn will be perfect uh and your listeners, wherever they're at, if they could hear one sentence and it resonates, perfect. Follow that and the next step will come. That's my journey started in the year 2000. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I knew, what I didn't know. It became apparent what the next step was and I just took it and I just kept taking it. I wasn't in a hurry to get to where I'm at and I'm not in a hurry to get anywhere. All it was is in the present moment, something occurred to me to do in service of what I wanted and I followed and I was always given information to move forward. And I just kept saying yes. Yeah, that, that voice in the back of our head, right? That oftentimes we either ignore or you know haven't formed again that mental space to be able to say hey there's that there's that nugget that there's that voice again there's that thought that's not just a random thought of my brain but there's a level of clarity or stillness in this thought and then you choose you learn to honor it and say okay you know and, and it's more than a thought because yeah it, it 
it resonates with your heart. It resonates with your gut. There's a deeper embodiment of that idea or whatever direction you're being pulled into. Once you start to recognize it and honor it, move in that direction, that's where that sort of yeah connection with source, you know, we're knowing that, okay, maybe this doesn't make all the logical sense, but it feels right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it probably doesn't make logical sense to spend a year in Japan with my family. I don't know many people that would choose that, especially in a pandemic. It just turned out that we have this year and I had an idea back in 2015 or 13 or 16. I'd love for my kids to spend a year in their mom's country and everything came together. And within a minute of realizing this is the time, we just said yes. And my wife and kids are there. They're going to be spending a year. The first two, three months, they're actually starting August 28th at my wife's elementary school. They're going to be studying there. Then we'll be moving to Tokyo. I don't know where I'm living in Tokyo. I don't know whatever is going to be happening, but it just seemed like that's what wanted to emerge and my wife and I created that and already a week in my kids are loving it hmm. they're flourishing I want to give them the ability to see that oh if you want something you can co-create that with the universe you can co-create that so I don't know very much what's going to happen I've got some ideas but it's like, no, this is what I'm called to do. This is for my children, for my wife, for me. This is going to be an important, important year. And it all comes together. And then from that, I, I just don't know. It's where I call my life is I'm forever at play. I live in the mystery and I create from the unknown. Mm. And I just don't know. You know, there's a there's something I was reading, which which just feels like, you know, th this feels like the right time to to dive into that based on what you're what you're sharing. On the site, it talked about it was describing you as a, excuse my language, <laughs> reformed asshole. Yes. To a peaceful oh, me, warrior. Me too. That's this is great. We got two reformed assholes in the room now. <laughs> I, I'm, my wife would probably agree that I'm pretty much. Yeah, I've heard her say that before. Actually, this is fantastic. <laughs> to a peaceful warrior. Uh, Look at that. And I know you talked about the year 2000, Gary, at, as a as a point where something was a bit of an inflection for you. I'm curious, actually, if you could, if you would even just walk us through your journey of like who were you before, what were, what were some of the inflection points in your life, so folks can get a sense for like, you know. You're so clear and you're so in tune with the way you want to live today. But I get the sense that it wasn't always that way. Can yeah, you help I get the listeners sense get a sense for, you know, yeah. what's yeah, your journey been like? I get the sense that like? Gary's, Gary's walk the walk is, is kind of is the hit I was getting as you're asking that, that question as well. So, yeah, that's I was going to ask a very similar question. I was very interested as well. In the year 2000, I was running a manufacturing company, a computerized machine shop that I started with my father. We grew it. And it's not what I wanted to do, but it's what I fell into. I actually left it to live in Paris for two years, and I was never going to go back. But my parents got my thesis about this 
business and how to grow it. And I'm in Paris and I get a phone call from my mom every day for a month. And I say, fine, I'm coming back for six months, six months. That turned into 16 years. So I'm in this thing that I don't like living a life that's safe, the antithesis of living in Paris and enjoying myself. And when things were good, I was happy. And when things weren't, I was really an asshole and I was tired. So I go to Japan on a business trip and I go to a town called Nara and there's a beautiful structure called the Todaiji and inside's a Buddha and I'm not really into Buddhas, but hey, like we'll see the sights. It's a humid day outside. I walk inside and somehow they've got it engineered that it's cool in there. And I just go and I see this Buddha and I'm just like, I want that. I, I just want that. That's all that I said. I want that, that calmness. And something heard me, someone heard me. And I just started in small ways, creating small shifts in my being in getting books on meditation, not understanding any of it, really failing supremely, but not really worried, too worried about it. And every step along the way, I was just called to do something. And some were small steps and large steps. And I slowly, and I mean molasses in the winter, slowly started disassembling that life. And every step, I just did what was next. And that led to disassembling a marriage, disassembling, leaving this business before the financial crash hit, moving to Tokyo, Japan for two years. And why Tokyo is important to me is in those two years, that's where my new life was imagined without realizing I was imagining it. And there is a book that I, two things really shaped me very deeply is when Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth came into being and Oprah did a 10-week series with him and I, with, and I just watched this and listened to this. And when it ended, then I watched some other things and I was introduced to John Kabat-Zinn. And there's a book called Wherever You Go, There You Are. I carried that around with me all over Tokyo. And all I did was read that and just see what wants to emerge. And I just spent two years really in Tokyo, helping cool people do cool things with English. And it really set the tone to this business that I currently have. And that's it. it those two years in Tokyo, disassembling the previous life, feeling the becoming aliveness, led me into choosing it later in life to get married again and have a family. And within that, the last 10 years have been building a business from scratch, raising a family, not really knowing how I was going to provide, really trusting. So you take the practice of all those years of slowly building into meditation, following the breath, and creating a practice, which people ask me, what's your practice? And I don't have one. I might have back in the day where I spent time in meditation, but I don't recall it ever being very forced or set in time. There is a knowing, oh, 
now's time to sit. Now's time to sit for an hour and follow the breath. Now's time to go on a Vipassana 10-day silent retreat on the big island of Hawaii, which now no longer exists because the lava destroyed the whole land where that was. And it's that was it. So it's kind of simple what I'm sharing with you. Mm-hmm. And in the simplicity, all it took was listening, acting, saying no to a few small things, saying yes to a few small things, which allowed for the greatest joys of my life to occur. And it, it's, it's so cool to hear you talk. Um, it almost sounded like you were sharing my, my story actually, by the way, which is very, very, very similar. Um, but what I'm hearing in the background is you talking, going from, you know, a life that was filled with frustration and that wasn't fulfilled and really something that sounded like you were doing what you were supposed to be doing, or you were doing what, you know, maybe the good boy does or the good son does. And that, that created the life that wasn't working for you. And I, and I know my clients, Nathan's clients, probably yours too, they're, they can sit in a similar space of frustration and they're kind of going, either I don't know what I want and that's driving me crazy or I know what I want and I don't know how to create it. And I, from my lens, that was more painful, knowing what I wanted but not being able to go do it. Um, so I, I'm curious, how, how, can, how can people listening go from struggling to creating something that they that they know with like a capital k you know that this is what they want to be doing or this is what they want to create and so how do they start to go from frustrated and struggling to creating the life that they love uh first step always starts is loving where you're at Hmm. not railing against it not making it wrong for me, I didn't know what I wanted, and I, that was really wrong. For me, doing something, it wasn't even what was expected. I just did what the lowest common denominator easy that I didn't have to get out of my comfort zone. Like, this was the easiest mm-hmm. thing. I hated it, but it was easy. I didn't have to get out of my comfort zone. I had no boss. I just did what I wanted until I fell in love with the situation I was in. There was no hope of me moving beyond it. The acceptance of where you are at now, as simple as, if we can't call it perfect, we can just say it's how things turned out, Mm -hmm. allows for space. And in the space, then creativity can occur. I never come at any problem with my clients or my own or how can I make this happen? How can I do this? I never come from that. I don't go from what I already know. I sit in the inspiration of what wants to emerge that can couple beautifully with my life experience. And then from that, my being creates immaculate connections, has people come out of the woodwork, has me speaking powerfully in my creation of things that have people enrolled and engaged in a vision that I've been given. That's all that I do with all my clients. Mm -hmm. Where you're at is perfect. If you can't take that 
it's how things turned out. Your marriage is falling apart. Great. So what? What are we going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Have you been the best husband or wife? You haven't. Before we're going to be just trying to disassemble this, let's do a Hail Mary pass to make you the best husband or wife you could be. And let's see if they're going to rise up to the new you. Mm -hmm. So I just take it instead of things that we want being this thing that's just impossible out there that I don't know how I'm going to get, getting to who am I going to be that's going to attract the people with me to co-create what I want. Everything in my life is this co-creation and dance with what is emerging and what's my role in it. And if my role is loving and powerful, and I come from a place that it's already there wherever it is, and I already have what I want, I'm living it, it's far easier for things to occur. This is, this is so counterintuitive to what we are taught in school and in life. It's why we've it's, got a divorce rate of over 50%. It's why we've got corporate greed. It's why we've got burnt out employees. It's got, mm -hmm. why we've got the great resignation. It's why we've got red states versus blue states. It's why we've got everyone at each other's throats because it's me, me, me. Mm -hmm. Get, get, get. Get, 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 mine, mine, mine. We're talking about a complete shift. Yeah, a paradigm shift from, from doing to being. And in that being, impeccable, being impeccable with your being and your word always leads to empowered action. Always leads to empowered action. Mm. Powerful, empowered action. It's and what gets me off, what gets me frustrated and excited about a conversation like this is that this is simple. Now, that that I'm not saying it's easy, but it's so simple. Slow down, turn inward, decide how you want to be in the world. And then, as you do that, the world will respond, and that's what you will begin to create. Instead of everything's outside of ourselves, we have to go get and push and pull, and there's limited resources. No, that's, and I, I get both of those. I live in that paradox of both yeah. of those things being true and what I see in myself in the world. It's so simple and it's not always easy. Um, and it's and perfect that people are not there yet. Yes. yes. If we can be in love with everyone where they are at without any forcing, I can be in love with the people think that this is a bunch of hooey. I, I don't mind. I don't mm -hmm. mind what people say or think about me. It might hurt a little bit, but I don't mind. So there's something in this, in this surrender, acceptance, allowance. And if someone has ears to hear and they hear it and they just hear one percentage of it, our being can have something occur that will set them on a journey that will have them know what to do from a knowing what the next step is. Mm -hmm. And if they desire peace, like I did, it's coming. If you desire to leave your job, it's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Man, I'm just I'm just sitting in those words, really feeling mm. that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Same. Yeah, there's a there's a power of intention in those words that was really strong. Um, and that's often where folks are is, you know, where that intention hasn't had time to become clear, you know, perhaps because we are in the rut and then we we're feeling the pain from the rut and yes. is in, in that of itself. Hence why it's perfect because if we weren't feeling that pain, mm -hmm. we wouldn't eventually make the shift to be able to hear that which we need to hear and the, and yeah. the shift that we need, we need to make. And yeah, everyone is on their own individual journey. You know, those that there's, there's so many souls that are waking up every moment. I'm sure there's also ones that are falling asleep in their own ways. Uh, so there's, there's a continuous wave here. And like you mentioned, Gary, you know, like all these, macro dynamics of there's so much happening in the world these days you know and whenever you actually uh have conversations at work about mindfulness or in, in that space just so much coming at people um the news actually these days can be quite overwhelming and then people have got their own lives you know to deal with so there's a real especially, you know, one thing that I'm taking away from our conversation, there's a real sense of simplicity by being just in the now with yourself and where you are. I remember actually uh, one time I had, I had the, you know, uh, gracious opportunity to be in the presence of a really, you know, um, high Swami in India I just happened to be at a yoga festival and all of a sudden this person shows up with all his entourage and, you know, he was going to talk to this entire thousands of yogis that were at this festival in, in Rishikesh itself. And I myself at that time, I remember was very much like, man, I don't want, I don't know what I want to do next. I'm feeling a little lost in life. And how do I figure this out? Um, and I didn't quite have that clear answer. And I was sitting in this session because I was just exposing myself. And one thing I felt by being at that yoga festival was like, okay, this really speaks to me. There's something about the depth, the peacefulness, the connection to body, connection to your soul that speaks to me about yoga. So great. Okay, I've got some something here that I can work with. There's something I'm gaining here that feels like positively impacts my life. So I guess, you know, those are some hints for our listeners as well as like, hey, what are those things that are mm -hmm. positively impacting your life? And, you know, lean into more of that. And the things that perhaps aren't serving you well, where you are not finding joy, that's creating more misery and pain. We gradually begin to move away from that. But if we're also trying to find the direction in our life, one of the, I remember this line I heard from this Swami at the time that just continues to resonate for me. It's been probably what now? almost 10 years ago, I think I, that I heard this was, you know, we did a couple, three big ohms. There was a loud silence. And it was as if he read everyone's mind and was like, the only thing you need to do next is that which is directly in front of you. It's brilliant. 
That's the only thing that matters. You know, if you've got something at work to be taken care of or something with yourself that needs to be taken care of, something in your family that needs to be taken care of, that's the only concern that matters. You can, you can envelop yourself with all the macro events happening in the world, with mm -hmm. all the concerns of the world. But when it comes down to it, the only thing that matters for you is that which is directly in front of you. So focus on that. It's brilliant. I, I've said this to my clients. We always know what's next by paying attention to what's here now. That's the thing in front of us. That's all I did from year 2000. What's here now is a feeling of dissatisfaction, dis-ease. What am I going to be doing next? And it evolved into who do I need to be? And then I just listen and I do it. So within that idea that this moment is perfect and it's imperfection and I can be okay with that, what's here now informs me what I will do in this moment in service of what it is that I desire, what wants to emerge. And it's really nice because I'm kind of set free from worrying about minutia and details that I don't need to worry about. And I just do what it is. And there's always a point where a plan is really wonderful, but I don't put that at the beginning before the, you know, the cart before the horse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wisdom informs me of, oh, this is here. And I take that from manufacturing. I always see where things go in the process and I never put things in the wrong place. I just, in the right moment, then I'm like, oh. Yeah, this is this looks like what's next. This looks like what's next moving ahead. I just sold my house recently. I had an idea that the house would be sold in June. I think we put it on the market May 29th and it sold four days later. So I guess that's June for the price that I wanted. Mm. Sold my car. It sold on the day that I put it. It wasn't exactly the price that I wanted, but I agreed to the price that I was given and I'm good with it. Well, there's a manifestation angle that, you know, I think as we start to connect with ourselves and we start to connect with being able to listen to that inner voice source, there is something about like a power of manifestation that also starts to emerge. Uh, you know, probably a topic for another podcast yes. altogether. But oh, yeah. You know, it, it starts Beautiful. from there, but exactly, it, it can evolve into what you're just describing. Perfect. Perfect, guys. Perfect. Um, well, I think this is a great time to, yes. to shut this down before we start another hour-long conversation. Yeah, it um, can easily so go It would hour. have been amazing. But. With the, the <laughs> idea of uh, focusing on what's next or what's in front of us, uh, Gary, what's, what's next for you in your coaching world? And how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more? Well, Oh, I think we may have lost Nick for a minute. Oh, for a minute. So I that's here Nick. now. Am and I it's back? perfect. Am I back or no? You're oh, back. That's you the best. Yes. I love um, how that works. Well, I was saying, you know, in, in light of, you know, what's the next step? What's what's next for you and your coaching practice? And what are, um, how can people get in touch with you um, if they're interested in, in doing some work? Yeah. So the best way is through um, 
you can find me at my website and take a look at some of the stuff that I've written about me and GaryMahler.com. Facebook, I'm not on social media a lot, but I post or I check it out. Uh, I think it's G Mahler or GL Mahler is my tagline on Facebook. But if you go to my website, you can click it and find me. Uh, also, Instagram is on there. It's very boring. It's just me and my family and kids. I rarely post pictures, but I post stories of where I'm at in the world. Uh, those would be the best ways. Or restart at GaryMahler.com. Those are the main ways. Um, I'm in the process of disassembling my current practice. So by this time next year, it's going to be a little bit similar, but really entirely different. That's been you know, my work with my coach. So this year in Japan, I'm basically, I've got my current clients that I've got contracts for the next year. And I've got room for a couple of clients. But other than that, it's a year of sabbatical of disassembling nice. everything that I've created in a shorter period of time, not years into what's next. And I've already got an idea of what's next. And I've already manifested or created that with people. That's it. So it's basically, I'm spending time in Tokyo with my wife and kids enjoying that spending time with my wife, helping her choose what she wants to do next with their life. Mm. And then from there, I'll be in Hawaii on retreats. I've got two-day retreats, several of them, and on the island of Kauai. Then I'll spend a month with my family in uh, Oahu. Then I'm going to be spending some time with my coach, several sessions in Phoenix, and then I'm back in Japan and then I end my year in Japan until I'm back here and restart my life in Vancouver. So that's what I'm up to. Very mysterious. Perfect. Well, enjoy the the dismantling and the remantling of your life you. and, your, and your practice and, and the way you're affecting the world. Thanks. Uh, thank you so much for your time. This has been incredible. Um, really appreciate it. And I just know that people listening are going to get a lot, a lot, a lot from this. And I really believe that someone listening is going to be able to move from that state of frustration to beginning to create the life they want. So thank you for, for your knowledge and your presence. You gentlemen are doing great work. Thank you for inviting me. It's been phenomenal. Just Likewise. wonderful. Your guys's presence and just everything that came from it. Thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening in. If you want any more information about our guests today, uh, about any of the sessions or, or offerings that were presented, uh, as well as about myself, Nitin, or Nick here, you can find all the links to our websites and uh, how to get in touch with us through the episode notes. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you heard, share it with friends and family, spread the love, spread the collective consciousness, and help us raise the consciousness as a whole.